Welcome, Drew. Welcome. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you are welcome. I've always wanted to have a chat with you. I saw you once on stage. And, oh, okay. Uh, it was, uh, I've only seen you once on stage, believe it or not. Yeah. And it was... Uh, I believe it. You had a... <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't do have any gigs. You don't gig a lot, do mm. you? We'll get to your work ethic later. All but right. All your right. material is very deep. And uh, for open micers out there who haven't seen much comedy, go check out Drew. If he's... Uh, very deep. It's very Patrice O'Neill-y. I got that vibe watching you. And I reckon, right. is he one, I wanted to ask you, is he one of your favorite comics, Patrice? For sure, for sure. Okay, Definitely. Yeah. I smelt that. But you, Definitely. I like it when comics go uh, deep. You know, mm -hmm. I respect Seinfeld, but I like Dave Chappelle more. Yeah. It's just, this is what my soul is made up of. Right. Um, are you the same? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's when I got into it, I kind of, I kind of got into it for the wrong reasons, really, man. Because like, I didn't, I wasn't a funny person. I was never. When I first started telling people, I started doing comedy in high school. And when I first started telling people I, I want to do comedy, everyone was like, "You can't. There's no, there's no <laughs> way. You're not gonna." I did. I just. I did a gig in my assembly, bro, in front of everyone yeah. at my school. It was like my fifth gig. I was so cocky. I was so arrogant at that time because i was just i i was kill i was at the peak of my i hadn't bombed yet were you dying did you die in that gig no i did good oh you and, did good yeah oh yeah so it was, fuck them whoever said that you can't gig and you're not funny oh yeah but they didn't understand because when, when regular people look at comedy they don't know what it really is they just they just say they think it's we're funny all the time and you just get up there and you just you just be funny and then yeah. you just get up they don't realize it's all writing i i've been on stage since i was like five because when I first moved to New Zealand, I couldn't speak English. So my mum used to make me do poetry recitals and plays and all the time, like since I was like five. So I've always had a gig coming up since I was like five. Really? But I hated it. Hated it with all my heart, man. Well, because you're doing poetry. That's why. I, I, I was getting told what to say and I was the only boy. Did you have to do your own poetry or they'd give you stuff to recite? No, they give me stuff. I, didn't, I couldn't even speak English, bro. Oh, so they were literally giving me English words to memorize. I don't even know what I'm saying. That's how you learn the language. That's, how, that's what helped along with like school and like everything else but indian yeah i can't be behind i can't even be i have to be ahead like by the time i was i couldn't speak english when i was five and by the time i was grade nine i was in the scholarship like accelerated english class like so it's like that's indian that's just indian culture it's not nothing yeah. to do with me it's my mum. it's just you know trauma so but like uh so your mum built your education like they build a Formula One car. It was completely engineered. Like well, it's through, like, yeah. It just comes down to like if you see like Aussie Aussie rules football parents, yeah, or, or, absolutely, or, or cricket parents over here because that's your culture here is very athletic based. You know what I mean? And that's where that. Whereas yours is academic. We have. Do you know in Texas they have like. Uh, we're going, got, we're shooting off topics here, left, right, we're gonna, This is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. Stream of consciousness, listening, everyone. This is going to be a problem, but whatever. Uh, in Texas, you know how they got like the, um, if they got like a real big like high school football star, they got like home of, you know, Chip, Mc, whatever his name is, like, you know, Chip McFadden or whatever, like the great all-star quarterback or whatever. In India, they have the three kids with the highest grades on a billboard, like, and lives on the street, like. And he got, and it's got his grade like ninety nine percent, really ninety six percent. Wow, ninety seven. Yeah, it's it's a big. It's what like that's why Google America have a free H one B visa. Just they just if you pass if you get a job at like one of these big companies, uh, the IT companies, you can just get a visa. Like, well, like yeah, Amer I believe America still has something called the H H one B. Yeah. That's the, the, that's the visa I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. No matter where you live in the world, yeah. if you smash your grades, yeah. you're in. Yeah. I don't think it's... 
for anywhere. I think there's a few places that they that they've limited it to, but India's one of them. And yeah, they just come in and take the take that talent, man. And everyone's fishing for that. Like, Isn't that smart though? Like as Americans, like it's a fucking great strategy. Just I'm, take the cream. I mean, it's the same thing with like what Saudi Arabia did with their oil. Uh, like uh, when because Saudi Arabia got their found their oil in like 1950s, right? So they, but and they already had all these buyers and all these because we were already well into the industrial era. So we needed oil, but they had no infrastructure. They were still like camel people. So mm. they was like, we can't have, we don't have any engineers. So we, they literally had to import in all the talent to extract this oil, refine it and send it out and all that. So that's what their whole, their whole thing is built on expats and the people are not very educated because I mean, it also helps when you're a dictatorship and it helps keep you in power when your so, people are dumb. So Saudi Arabia in the 50s imported a whole heap of engineers to mine the oil? Well, it was a smart... Well, the King Faisal, I think, was at the time. Um, he had a decision to make. He was like, I got all this... I'm sitting on all this oil and everyone's waiting to come in. I got to deal with the Americans because the Americans are going to protect us and from all the other you know, tribes that are around from there. And I think they're Sunni dominated as well. So Iran's right there. Iran's Shia. Mm. So it's like... Um, so they said, yeah, America will protect us, but we need to do this quick. We can't wait for our people to get become engineers, like good enough to do this job well. Like we have to wait 30 years for that. So instead we'll just fly in expats and then they started just building a city. Bro, it was crazy. In like three years, they go from straight like Indian looking streets, like dirt roads, camels walking down the street, right? And it's in two years, it's like Dubai. Like it looks like, like 1970s version, but roads cars everything all the american contractors just came through and just built everything okay all right so let's go back to the original train of thought we were having yeah of course um stand up yeah um new zealand is where you started reciting poetry yeah from five years of age and that's where you learn well yeah all sorts of stuff so poetry prose all that stuff and then um so but i hated doing it and so then when i found out about stand up, i was like people get to go on stage and do whatever you like when did you find out you wanted to be a comic Ooh, not too, not for a while. I didn't really think it was an option for me until I'll tell you what. Honestly, it was. I was always a fan of stand up. I always yeah. just loved jokes. Like me too. But did you know you wanted to do it then? Or, no, I didn't. I, I never thought young. I was. I was. Ne- I never thought I was a funny person either. I never. Even now, I don't think I'm funny. Okay. Um. I. I just like. You don't oscillate. What do you mean? You don't have days where you're like, shit. I think I'm funny today. I'm saying. Everyone has days where they're on, where you're saying witty things at work or with your friends and you get up on stage and everything clicks and you say something funny. And then you have other days where you're just, uh, you eat a dick on stage and then you're not really funny and you can't think of anything clever. I think a true comedian oscillates between good days and bad days, right? Right, That's right. just the law of the universe, I think. You can't yeah. be always on. And if you if they say, oh, he's always on or she's always on, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I think, I think funny, I mean... What funny really is, people don't, people tend to look at treat funny like it's a category, like smartness, funniness, you know, athleticism. It's like a, it's like a category of attributes that you can have. But really, funny is understanding an energy and how to either exacerbate it or break it. And you, and there's a lot of people, you don't necessarily need to be a comedian. I mean, like, a lot of people know how to do it. Wait, say that again, because I think that's a... Uh it's going over my head. Say that again. What do you think funny is? Like funny is like being able to like play an instrument. It's like it's, if you learn early, yeah. What funny is, it's like a it's almost like a wavelength that you either learn how to tap into or you can't. And most people I think do. Most people can be. I'm talking about being deliberately funny. Like everyone can be, and unintentionally drop a paint bucket on your head and everyone laughs at you. But like, 
Of course, you're talking intentionally funny. Intentionally yeah. funny. Like, people who are intentionally funny, they... It's it's just a like for me why I say I'm not I don't think I'm really funny I think I think I'm a because I, I love reading I always love reading and I always love writing and I'm just a writer and I just think I understand I watched it and I, I I was a huge stand-up fan and I loved jokes I used to always read you remember in the school like Scholastic that book catalog thing that you used mm. to be able to I used to get the joke book every time like I so I just I I yeah I just think I I like the joke format but it changed for me because the thing is that's what I was initially trying to say was um i'm kind of a fraud with it because when i started doing comedy it was just my way out of working like i just did not want to have eight hours of my day taken up and i was just like comedians get to just work at night right like i was like oh yeah people they just they can just fuck off during the day i didn't realize you gotta fucking <laughs> work fucking hard but and uh but um but yeah i was just it's, and it was mainly because and also com, uh, com, i was like my number one thing, man, was always freedom. That was all I wanted, is just freedom to be able to do what I wanted to do. Like, talk about what I want to talk about. I don't want any kind of box. That was how I was when I was a kid. So comedy to me was just like, okay, I can be into, because I'm a dude who, I get real into something for like three months, and then I'll be off it, and then I'll be real into something else. So I was always scared of picking something that I'm only going to be into mm. while I'm picking it, and then I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life until I'm into it again. Do you know what I mean? So of course. I was like, writing's the only thing that lets you really be into whatever you want and still be able to write because you can just write about that, mm. whatever you're into. So, And comedy was the fewest rules out of any form of writing. There's only one rule. All the other writing, there's got to be, there's a lot of rules. Like if you're writing a novel, there's story structure and all the stuff that you need, character development, world building. You need to really learn how to write a novel or a script or all that stuff. And that stuff's fun too. Can, but. can I just press pause there for one second? Because the, the, when I started stand-up, I gave myself one rule. And the rule was you have to get to a punchline within 30 seconds. Yeah. Otherwise, you start getting lost. Mm -hmm. um, did you impose those rules upon yourself when you started jumping yeah. on stage? 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. it's almost like a tether. Because yeah. as an open micer, you need a tether to reality. Every 30 seconds, you hit a punchline. Otherwise, you're just going to fucking waffle on yeah. and you are gone. Yeah, and I think you talked about it on an earlier podcast and I definitely agree with you that uh, you need to learn foundational elements of like writing a joke and that keeps you to that as well. And yeah. also, when you start out, if you're honest with yourself, you you got to really, you got to admit to yourself you have no idea what's going to work. Mm. So you got to keep yourself open and you got to kind of start at zero. Like I, when I... When I um, decided to do stand-up, I was under every impression that I was going to suck at it. And I'm, this is going to be... I know how to be on stage, and I know how to be comfortable because I've been on stage my whole life. So I was... And I'd done debating. Lots of stuff. I'd always been on in front of people talking. So I, was I knew I had that part down, but I was like, this joke thing is going to take a minute. And I really... Russell Peters was the one that really made me think I could do it because he was an Indian dude. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, is that what you needed to see? I don't know. Because I didn't I, need to see Wog Boy to think I could do I, comedy. No, but there's something about that special. That one where he's wearing a white shirt and the blue, the one that went real viral on YouTube that mm -hmm. really popped him off. There was something about that one in particular. Was I, it the content? I feel like I learned how to write a joke in it. Really? I really did. I felt like he displayed so easily like the formula of you set a premise up, uh, then you explain... That you either have a punchline or you explain uh, uh, where you're going with the premise and then you act it out. And he was so clear with the... Okay, he says the thing, then he's going to show the comparison, and then he's going to act out both. 
Okay. And then it was so like, you could see his structure and, and, and you I, fell in love with it. And the only thing I had as I, I, that was I thought was funny was talking about race and doing an Indian accent. Those okay. are the only two things that I was like surefire bang. I suck at comedy, but this like, this was going to work. So all my jokes. Well, were, it's an easy vein to tap. Especially in Australia, just to get New Zealand as well, same yeah. same easy van. So I just to get them on side before you go deeper, like you really. I wasn't even like you do. I wasn't even going deep at okay. that point. At that point, you weren't. No, I was all. My mom's mad at me. Do impression of my mom. Uh, what gotcha. every stereotypical minority comedian is doing. Yeah. <laughs> when I, they first start out, like you, like that. I hear you. I was doing Schwarzenegger for the first few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to do what you can. You got to do what you can yes. to. You, uh, that's that's the attitude I had. As yeah, well, you so. were like a homeless junkie begging for laughs. Oh yeah. Anything. I, I literally, man, I walked around with a notebook, and anytime I got a laugh in general conversation, I'd write down what I said. Yeah, I'd do that too. Did you used to keep a diary? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I kept a diary for my first 400 gigs. I've still got it too, yeah. Me too. Yeah. And every now I'll, and then I read, I read up on it, yeah. Yeah, I've still got a diary now actually, but I haven't written in it for a long time. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, that was, I was, I, Why did I, we do that? Why did we I, keep a diary of I really wanted gigs? to figure out what it was because I really didn't know what it was. I, I, I was very open about like having no misconceptions about, I don't know how to write a joke at all. And I need to figure out what it is that's, that's funny and what it is that's it took me a minute even now it's to, it's like to have the confidence to be able to say i'm going to talk about what i want to talk about and then make it funny yeah it's it takes a lot to move into that level like you're not a comedian until you can do that in my opinion you're a comedian if you just you're it's, it's, you are a comedian but it's like you're a white belt absolutely you're a white belt um until you can pick something and be like, okay, I'm going to write a joke about this. Yes. Then you're a, like a blue, when you start doing that, then you're like a blue belt. You can start actually learning the game. And what does our craft a disservice is when white belts, to you, to use your, your analogy, is when white belts tackle subjects like pedophilia and rape and fuck it up. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, you can't joke about rape. You can't joke about pedophilia. Actually, you can. Black belts like Jimmy Carr have, yeah. and they do it well. Louis C.K. does. All right, whatever he's done aside. And uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, but I, I think audiences can tell. Audiences can tell. E- even even the most novice person can be like, uh, it's an energy thing. Like, uh, me, uh, Izzy, Izzy's had, had so many mentions on this podcast, by the way. I was just going back through episodes. I was like, so I'm going to mention him as well. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, a Izzy good Ali, who was on uh, one of the early episodes. That's great, right. Great act, if you can see him. And great podcast as well. I love history. And I learned a lot about the Greeks and the Armenians. Oh, stay, and, all right, stay on track, though. Uh, yeah, Stay yeah. on track. Right. So your performance, your diaries. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But, white belts. Uh, yeah, me and Izzy, we, we have this concept where we talk, uh, well, we, we talk about the difference between a lot of comedians, even new ones, like, you, you'll notice this. Some comics, they go on stage and there's almost like a piece of glass in front of them. They act like they're not there in the room. Like, it's almost... And... Uh, it's 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 a it's a weird energy thing that if you don't learn to get past that you're only going to ever get to a certain level. So what I do you, think. what are you saying? You're saying that there's a comedian on stage who uh, is performing their material on autopilot rather than snapping out of it and taking the pulse of the room and being in the moment. No, I think it's it's a deeper thing than that because it stretches beyond comedy. It's they it, they act people some people act out of how they look doing the thing that they do rather than doing the thing that they do do you understand what i'm saying 
Sort of. Okay, I'll, I'll try and give a real clear example. Are you saying, I'll give you an example if, if I'm correct. When I first started stand-up, I tried to sound less woggy. And now I just let my voice come out as it is. Exactly. Okay. 100%. I try not to become something I'm not. Yes. And when you're young, it's tough not to do that. Yeah. It's tough not to act in a way that you think you're supposed to, like, that looks right. Rather than just acting in the way that the situation requires. Sure, you are what you are. So be, right. be so, that. So yes. some, some comics come in automatically having that mm. like from day one there was no glass there i'm like because when you do that when you're when you're always acting uh in a way that you think i'm acting the right this looks right so i'm going to act this way you're putting so much mental energy into keeping both things like you don't realize that you're there's a there's a almost something in between you and the rest of the world yeah and yeah. other people notice it they're yeah. like oh this person's not here Yes. They're like, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and when you take that on stage, audiences notice that too. And I think that's what gets in the way of people, like you're saying, white belts getting up and talking about, stuff, especially young people, dudes who, and this is the other big thing. Early on, bro, I couldn't go deep because I didn't know anything. I was 18. The fuck did I have? I didn't actually know anything. Yeah, same as to same go here. deep. Like, I was, I can't tackle a subject. I couldn't tackle a subject like that. You got And now I still like think twice and long and hard before tackling a subject like that you gotta you gotta live there's a reason why you go back to the history of comedy there's very few comics that are under like 30 that are prolific that are really good mm. and even the ones that are their performances are brilliant impressions stuff like that yeah their material is not really like a george carlin or louis ck like a tackling deep like a who poster child for a young comic i guess would be like eddie murphy eddie murphy would be the biggest under 30 comic to make it yeah. Like massive. And he's a performative comic. Yeah. Unbelievable performer. Absolutely. Everything impressions, everything act out. So it's like when you're young, you don't have anything to say. I think a stand up can be compared to like a good red wine. It gets better with time and age. And I have no issue being in a green room as a 57 or 58 year old man about to get up on stage. I won't feel like I don't belong with a bunch of young kids in the green room going, who's this old fuck? No, I've been around a, a long time. I've got some shit to say. Right. Um, so I don't think, yeah, because I remember I having this conversation with Paul Sharplin, who's in his 50s, mm. and we sort of talked about a similar subject matter, and I'm like, dude, it's, it's a great age. You're fucking refined. You're old. You've been there. You've done that. Yeah. You can draw on so much. Mm -hmm. It's a big advantage. I mean, it's a form of writing. Any form of writing, that's the case. Mm. I mean, writing is literally putting your ideas. You've got to have some ideas. You gotta have something there. You gotta, and you gotta go through some shit to get that. Mm. No other way to. You gotta see some shit to be able to say some shit. Like you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take a drink. Cheers. Take a, take a drink. <laughs> no, I was gonna. Uh, uh, before we were talking though, so you're helping this dude out with his material. I don't want to talk about comedy the whole time though. Uh, Tell, talk about whatever you want. All right. Um, talk about history. You like history. Oh, uh, well, okay. You whatever guys, you, you guys did a pretty good one though. You, you and you and Izzy and uh, all that. But I. I like how you, you're a real good interviewer. Am I? Okay. Because I, and I, and I, one thing that makes me a little, it's not your fault though. Like every, in my favorite moment, this is just a subjective thing, in my opinion. But in, when I'm watching your podcast, people will be talking and they'll be talking about something and then you pick out something in, in what they say and you're like, let's dig, dig a little deeper in this. Uh -huh. And they never follow you. They never follow you into like what you're like, um, 
like Matt O'Neill, I think he was talking about like he was like, and you were like, why do you hate it though? You kept bringing it back to that, and he never answered you. Like you got away with that because maybe he can't answer it. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's a feeling you get. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Maybe like. maybe that feeling of jumping in a car in winter, leaving your family, driving across the city to an open mic where there's seven people. Maybe you can't distill that into a word. Maybe it's the feeling. That's, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he hates stand up. That's why I hate stand up in fucking June, July, and August. It's yeah. so fucking cold and yeah. it's full of shitty open mics and there's yeah. not many good gigs. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm in a weird place with Santa right now. I, For me, man... Just never give up, man. I know it's like, I'm in a difficult... Look, I had this... I, I'm in a difficult spot with stand-up at the moment as well because of the ever, ever... Like, the perpetual lockdowns and the fact that my diary keeps getting wiped out with paid work and I'm stuck in open mics. I'm not bagging open mics, but um, I feel like I'm going back... I. It's almost like you're playing AFL and now you're back down to like open mics and it's it's tough. Yeah. You, you want, you know, I, I built up years of experience to play in rooms that have 40, 50 people during the week and 200 on yeah. the weekend. And now they're gone. And I, I, I don't have any problem with publicans because they're like, we can't. It's one person per four square meter. It's not economically viable to have a stand-up show. So the show's gone. So... It's tough, but I said to myself the I said to myself the other day, just keep gigging. And that was the, the late great Dave Grant who said that to me one day. He goes, "Never stop gigging, bro. Just never stop gigging. No matter what's going on in your life, find the time to just touch it at least once a week in the darkest moments. Yeah, just keep doing it a little bit, just to register a pulse, so your that that familiarity." doesn't escape you yeah yeah no for sure so why are you in a dark place with stand oh it's, it's mine's more for just from a like a um, material standpoint like I, like when i got into stand up one of the main driving reasons i got into it was because i felt like do, i my biggest driving thing in life was to figure it out i just wanted to know like what was going on like if what do you mean what was going on like what, like what, why what is, like what's the point What's the point of stand-up? Of life. What's the point of life? Yeah, what's the point of life? What's what is the, the point of life? What is the... I mean... Is it hedonism? What, hed what, <laughs> nah, what is I it? Think, I don't think so. Pursuit of happiness? Uh, I don't know. What is it? Um, the, the I mean, the, the meaning of life? Yeah, do you know what the ancient Greeks think the meaning of life is? What the ancient Greeks think? Um, ancient Greeks think? The ancient Greeks defined happiness as a pursuit of excellence in something you're good at, but giving back to the community as best as you can in your own time yeah something like that well yeah i mean happiness yeah i mean it's a it's a it's a you can't you can't pursue happiness because it's a relative concept yeah you're always going to be sad or happy relative to being less sad or less happy or more happy or less sad whatever the case may be but i was more like looking at, like i think the meaning of life is to see and to show that's why I think the, the purpose of life is. The purpose of the universe is, not just life. Everything, to see? To see and to show. What capacity? Go deeper. I'll, I'll, I'll get there in a minute, but do you want me to still talk about the comedy thing, or do you want to just get into this? Yes, please. Whatever you want to get off your chest first. Uh, it's not nothing I really want to get up. It would the be comedy thing to is, answer the comedy thing first. Okay, well, the comedy thing is, I so I wanted, an, I wanted answers. I wanted to like figure out certain things, and I felt like comedy had 
like answers in there, little bits of truth, little bits of like we're touching on something, and it was a vehicle for that. And writing was in general, and but that was always my priority more than the content, the philosophy, the actual figuring out. Do you mean by writing stand up, you will attain what your meaning of life is through all the material you write? You'll be able to step 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 back and look objectively and go. That was my. That's my meaning. That was my. uh, That was my rationale. That was my plan. Yeah, that's good. That was my uh, vomit it all out. Yeah, sift through it and and just be in that soup because I felt like that's what comedians were doing. Like be around people who are doing that. Yes. When I was young, that's what I thought it was, and. and and in general, also just being in a writing, it extended out further than comedy. Like it just in general, just to all writing and stuff like that. So, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson was a big hero of mine. Like so, lots of like just thinkers, philosophers. So, I I was more into that. So when when I came and started doing comedy, I mean, I I didn't put my heart into the into the craft of it and the business of it i was more interested in the concepts and anyway and anyway so like in like a couple of years ago i just got i got to a point where i had an experience um on a lot of acid that i actually ended up getting like my answers i got my that's why i said my personal life is seeing show that's where i figured it out and like i got everything i got i got what i was looking for and when I started doing comedy, I was able to be honest because I could just keep getting out there and questioning because that's what comedy kind of is. It's questioning and putting your pain out there. Why? Why the fuck? Like, you know, yeah. it's that. Now, I have to go up and pretend to do that because I don't feel like that anymore. Ah. So, so what are you going to do now? Because if you go back to your original thought about the glass, the performance, that analogy. Exactly. You I'm, have to be real to that, yourself. That's right. So and maybe your character changes. You evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, no, that's out of the... That's I definitely have to evolve if I'm going to keep doing it. But right So right now, the um, I'm not out of it. I'm still I'm still doing comedy. But um, the, the barrier is being able to... Now, all I feel like talking about is my perspective as it is now and it's more to an agenda than being funny like like the joke is secondary in my head so i'm still going to get the joke in there because i respect the art and you can't just get up there and give a ted talk you have to have jokes in there so (laughs) i'm figuring out a way to try and make it funny which is what we're talking about you start being a comedian when you start making what you want to talk about funny Mm. so i'm trying to start figuring out how to do that but the problem is it's such i feel so happy and it's such happy news. It's such a happy, positive perspective. It's very hard to make it funny. But the world fucking needs happiness and positivity. So maybe you'd be a breath of fresh air, yeah, man. Yeah, but comedy is a weird place for it. Comedy is negative. Comedy is very negative. It, Everything is you shitting on something. It is, but so comedians, gotta, we can spin shit. So the, my method that I'm trying right now is I'm trying to shit on negativity. Yeah. Which is a, which is a way to do it, but like, yeah. But anyway, getting into that's very creative. Yeah, but don't feel hard done by the because I I, I think I I need I don't know why, but I watched an Einstein documentary today because I was bored and something resonated. He stuck. He had the same problem in physics for ten years. For ten years, he felt like shit. For ten years, every day he'd wake up and punch out calculus and formulas with no to no avail. For ten years, he carried this burden and he hated it. And he'd write to his friends and say, "I fucking hate this." 
10 years I've been going at this and I can't get it. And then after 10 years, he collapsed it all down into the special theory of relativity. Right. So I'm like, hey, man, a stand-up is... All right, stand-up's nothing like physics, but it is sort of like writing formulas for stage that result in surprise punchlines. And so you just got to keep going. And these ideas that I have on my whiteboard behind you, I can't make them funny yet, but just i got to keep grinding away. Yeah, it's a craft just like anything. What else are you going to do? Yeah. What else am I going to do? Yeah. No, that's the other thing. Like, I literally can't do anything else. Like, this is all I have. Like, literally. like I don't have any other skill. Well, we can, but so, we don't want to. Yeah. Deep down inside, we can do something else. We can always do something else. Yeah, true. But we choose true. deep down. True. No, no, I'll be writing for sure. Either way, I'll be writing. But um, Do you have a structure? Do you write every day or do you write a couple no. times a week or do you write when, when it takes you? Well, this is the problem. See, I used to be, I told you, I used to be the dude who wrote a lot. I had my diary. I had my shit. I used to be, because I used to really be into comedy. Comedy was my identity, man. Like, it was like my yeah. thing. I know that feeling. And then I lost, I didn't need it anymore. I used to need comedy. And what I d- made you not need comedy? I got what I wanted out of it. I got, well, not out of it, but I got what, the real goal of what I wanted, I got that. And I achieved it. So okay. I'm, I'm, so the 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 wanting part or the grinding in uh, the grinding in misery that you just explained of Einstein, like I'm finished. Mm. Like I like I got that thing. So it's more like how do I spend my time now? Like basically, like yeah. And what's the yeah. meaning of your life? You said scene show. What is it? If you the could... purpose of life. Yeah. The purpose of the you purpose of, of everything, the universe. And my, is, oh, the purpose is, of the universe? Yeah, the purpose of the universe is wow, the same show. Wow, yeah. that's fucking huge. Yeah. What is its purpose? Yeah. Oh. It is, yeah. What, what is The it? physical universe is to see and show, yeah. What's see and show? To reveal itself? Yeah. Uh, show itself what it is, what, in the form of, like, particles? and. I mean, this is the best... Fields, affecting the, fields? It's hard, to, it's hard to wrap your head around a little bit, <laughs> but it's, it's a simple thing, but it's a little bit hard to understand. But I, this is the best way I could put it. Um, nothing and something are not opposites, right? Like hate and love, or sound and silence, or um, light and dark. They they can't be opposites because uh, they occupy the same realm. They have to. As soon as one comes into the existence, the other one has to be because it's all relative. So, in order to say silence. You, you have, have to have, have sound, sound. Yeah. to be able to say that because silence is the absence of sound okay. and sound is the absence of silence, right? So when you have that um, that duality that exists everywhere in this, the only thing you can't have in this physical world is everything together. Yeah. Light and dark, sound and silence, infinity, no time, no space, like... Fin- this is the word affinity. There's that word is infinity. So that has to be death. That's the other world. That's the, and that has to be one, right? Because that's the opposite of breaking into many. One is the only thing. Like, what? Uh, how I can define myself is that I have a point of a locus of sight, which is in here. The reason I can see my hand is because I'm not my hand, right? I I have to not be my hand in order to see it. Mm-hmm. If I'm me and my hand, I can't see either. So as everything, which is the one, the everything, the death world, you can't perceive anything. That That's where awareness lives outside the bounds of separation. 
It's to get, it's completely together. So that thing can't see or show because you need separation to be able to see or show. Mm-hmm. Hence the duality of this universe, which is the universe of being able to see and show, which it, everything is doing. That's going to be hard to get into a punchline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I haven't even attempted that, that part. No, yeah. Great premise, but fuck, that is hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's the, that's, yeah. Yeah, I know. The, the act, that's actually easier. What me and Izzy have found, because Izzy's kind of on the same lines, but he's more, he loves jokes more than me. He's, 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 he's better, he's in a, he's a better comic and he's a, in a better position than I am, but, but, um, uh, the, 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 Part of explaining this that I've had was I've I'm I'm like busting to talk about this all the time like I, I find it tough not to talk about this like to other people all the time like it's always on and so but what I've found is people are always interested in that part what I just explained to you now the the when I try to explain stuff like that or when I try to explain um, the wonder part or the karma part the 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 way that time works or things like that. People are very interested. It's like a physics documentary, or it's mm. like a. It, people are interested in the magic and the wonder part. The part that they get mad at is when it's like, what that also means, what I just said, is the experience of suffering or the experience of death, they're all not real. And so the fact that 90% of people take their actions to avoid death or to deal with it in some way, it's a bit jarring for me to just be like. Y- Suffering's in your head. It's, it's like it's it's like a, it's like the total opposite of that mental health thing that it's pushing. Like you know what I mean? Like of like anxiety or where that it's coming from. It's all coming from you, and that's a it's a it's a it's a hard. People get disturbed by that. Like, I'm trying to follow you, but at the same time, it's difficult to say that suffering's not real when um it's all in your mind, right? You produce the suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you say? But it's hard not to because, you know, I went to a funeral today and, you know, that funeral presented itself in my mental state and that made me suffer. So the, the part that's... The how part can that, I detach from that? If I detach from that, I'm not human. Like, the, the part... Exactly. The part that people struggle with is the suffering's there for a reason. There's a reason for suffering. There's a, this is the thing that I, like... Whenever people get mad at something about the world, like there should be no hunger. I'm just letting you know I'm no good at philosophy. It does my head in. I'm no good at it. So keep going. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. My brain smokes. (laughs) It's all good, bro. (laughs) But like uh, um, uh, when people will say like this is bad or this is wrong, they don't take into account that if it's there, it's there for some reason. If you don't know the reason, then you probably that's the that's the reason why it looks wrong. It, it's not wrong because the, just because of your perspective of surviving then death or suffering or this or that right okay, so the but anyway what you're saying before the the tough part about it is because the suffering is not there for no reason it has something to do with what's happening out here it's not like it's i'm doing it to myself and there's nothing to do with it out here there is stimuli out here that warrants suffering or warrants pain there's a reason pain exists is to help you survive. Of it's course. Like, yeah. Oh, you broke your leg, cunt. Like, if you couldn't feel it, you would just keep walking around and your leg would be fucked. So that, but the extent to which you suffer it is in your control. Uh, you can minimize it down to the pain signal. That's what it is. Or you can extend it to what it's taking away from you, your ability to walk. Or you can extend it to not being able to do some activity that you like doing. Or you can extend it to the degrees of loss 
you can extend or minimize at your it's down to your perspective so d- let me just, I, I could be shifting gears here but do you believe that there are actual people that can block pain and you could stab them and they just choose not to feel that pain well yeah i mean different people can bear pain like even like athletes if you've got adrenaline going if you can get your adrenaline going by yourself like there's a lot of ways to do it and then there's people who just literally train to feel pain all the time and get used to pain and there's a bunch of ways to do that i don't think that's that hard to believe it's not it's not like mystical, I don't think. It's it, everything's learned, everything's trained, everything's like there's a lot. There's a big boundary of what's possible, I think. But mm. but um everything that's I mean, I don't think there are special people. I think people lives are really guided just by what they want. That's really it. You're gonna get what you want. You just gotta ask you gotta you gotta be how happy or sad you're gonna be is how uh, honest you are with yourself with what you want like if you think you want this and you keep acting to actually get this and you're not going to get if you, okay let me put it this way i think i agree with what you said before about um you will get what you want in life yeah if you work for it because i do believe that there's a reason road rage road rage exists because at one point in time on this planet there was only twenty thousand of us so we are the generation of after me not after you it's fuck you you will you we have this drive to go and get what we want out there mm-hmm. and be selfish uh, that's what works though that's 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 the system that's what works that's survival that, it's always been that way yes it's it, there's been no generation that's been after you it's always been after me because that's what works mm. if because if i get through it, it's because it's bigger we keep thinking about things as individuals right if you look at really the span of time we're like a a bacterial blob that's moving and keeps losing cells, keeps losing me and losing you and new ones come in and it grows bigger and grows smaller and that's really what we are. And these countries and names and things that we put on, they're very small windows of time that we're just taking a photo of and being like, that's India. Mm. It's been India since 1947. Before that, it was something else. Yeah, After that's it, right. it's going to yeah. be something else. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, like it, it's um, that, that flow, that, that's really the the driving mechanism of survival that we're all operating under. Our individual survival is really only just to maintain that one. So each one of us that succeed and have kids and have kids in a way that they can have kids and that they're the ones that are going to last. And the, they're the ones that can last or they're the ones that should last. That's the way the nature works. You mm. know what I mean? So it's like, and throughout all this, like if you think of any negative connotation, it's all got to do with death. Oh, it's sad that people have to die, but like, it's 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 so it's such a natural part of the. There's not a thing in the world, a, a, a life form, I mean, that doesn't have to kill what it eats. There's there's nothing we eat that we don't have to kill first, other than milk and eggs. Mm. And milk comes from an animal, and eggs are, could be an animal that we're eating, right? Those are the only two, and everything else is was living, and we have to kill it. But and we've paid that price in advance. I've already paid to do this, but I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die too. So I've already suffered my consequence in advance. I'm killing, yeah. I'm killing millions of things as I live and just chewing all and I'm gonna be one of the million things too. Like, yeah, so you're gonna give back. Your atoms are gonna give back. I'm giving back cycle, everything I have. The cycle's gonna continue. Do you know what I mean? So that it's a 
you know, it's a, I don't know, I can't remember what the initial question was now. Neither can I. But, uh, <laughs> but it's a Zen yeah. place to be. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. I've often thought that, uh, especially with uh, talking about the universe before. One thing I learned about the universe studying from an armchair perspective is that we are very, very, very irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. I think we are. Um, from way back when they put the earth at the center of the universe, where it was demoted, that the sun was the center. Mm -hmm. And then this, we were the center of the galaxy. And then we found out we weren't the center of the galaxy. We were on the outer suburbs of the galaxy. <laughs> and then we found out we're part of millions of other galaxies. And then there's this superstructure called the universe. And now they're saying that there's multiverses where yeah. there's billions and billions of universes all exploding and coming into being right now as we speak, dying, being born. There's this enormous irrelevance. Like it just makes me sink into my couch. But then at the same time, I spring out and I'm like, oh, well, fuck it then. I'm irrelevant. We're all irrelevant. It's just a shit show. And then it's like I'm reminded of Bill Hicks. Just go out there and have fun. It's just a ride, man. It doesn't really matter. I was at a funeral today. The guy had four kids and he followed his dreams and he started his own business and he saw it through to the end. And I'm watching him in his coffin and I'm like, I think he's had a good run. Yeah. He had four kids and he followed his dreams. What more can you want? And he had the same wife for over 40 years. He found love. He pursued his passion and he bore some offspring. That's mm -hmm. fucking, that's the, killer. The, yeah. The rest is gravy. Well, that, that's the reason why I say. So don't overthink it, right? The reason why I say see and show is because there's no failing at that. So that has to be the purpose, right? Like if I, if I sit, I'm sitting in a chair right now. I can call this a chair because it holds me. It holds my ass. If it can't hold my ass anymore, it's not a chair anymore. It's a broken chair, but it's not, it's not a chair. I can't call it a chair unless it functions as a chair. So the only function that everything does, and that's what that guy did. He saw and he showed. Mm. Like, he, he showed all his family and he, he showed himself and all his various states all through his life. And he saw everything of life that he saw. And you cannot fail at that. There's no, there's, there, there's no hierarchy to it. So, yeah. so when, you, when, when you say relevant or irrelevant, if everything's on a spectrum, everything's job is to hold, it in the, hold its place on the spectrum. If colors are on a spectrum, lights on a spectrum, sounds on a spectrum, electromagnetic way. So everything's on a spectrum. That means uh, we're all on a spectrum of seeing and all on a spectrum of showing. And we need to hold that relative to the next thing. So there's always going to be a smallest creature on the earth. Something has to be that because mm -hmm. there's got to be, you know what I mean? There has to be that end of the spectrum and then smaller than that. And then there's got to be the biggest creature on the earth. And then they've got to hold all the middle parts. And there's got to be the animal that can see, well, it can hear really well. And then there can got to be the animal that can see really well. Then there's got to be the animal that can think in ideas. We got that version, like how bats and uh, uh, dolphins, or not dolphins, but bats have that sonar shit yeah. of sight. We have the idea version of seeing. That's a form of seeing too, right? Seeing things in form of, like, it, it, like you can see things to different degrees, right? Like I can, when I the first time I saw your podcast was when I heard about it from Izzy. Izzy was like, "Oh yeah, John got this podcast," and he described. It. He's like, "Oh yeah, he's got this table and this thing set up in his podcast." <laughs> That's the first time I saw it. Yep. I saw it in my head, what from what he was describing. Mm. Second time I saw it on the on the yeah, on YouTube phases of. Not faces, there's uh, elements of seeing. Yeah, because if I, well, now I'm watching it on YouTube, I'm seeing more than what I saw when Izzy described it. Yeah. I saw a little bit there, but now I'm seeing much more because I'm actually able to see it and hear it. 
now I'm sitting in here, in it. I'm in it now. I'm in the thing that I was watching. I'm the, hey, Drew, I'm talking to me right now, watching this after. Like, you get what I mean? I do. So, so now I'm seeing it to an even fuller extent. Like, so that sight spectrum has to be held mm. because as soon as one exists, the other has to. Is that duality principle. So, um, we're that that's what we hold so we're irrelevant to that extent we're holding our place in the spectrum for so the next guy can be the next guy and the previous guy can be the previous guy i have to be this guy yeah in the middle do you get you get what i mean i absolutely do which makes me want to ask did you study philosophy at school or no. did you just read philosophy or uh is it no just mushrooms and yeah reading yeah because i think mu- mushrooms and reading generally would i used to be super religious when i was a kid um, and then right before this experience happened to me, about two, three years before that, I left religion. I was real mad at God, and I like left religion, and I was like, yeah, I, I was in a wishy-washy place where I took away the purpose of life from myself. So when you were like uh, balls deep in religion, did you actually believe the stories of an afterlife? And no, see, this is the jazz, this is the big advantage I had, which was I'm Indian, so Hindu Hindu Hinduism is a weird. Do you have religion. an afterlife? Oh, can you explain Hinduism for dummies? Can you break it? Can you give me a shortened version? It's very hard because Is it? I can, I can, but it's 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 uh, and I will. But um, it's very fra- first thing you got to know. It's very fragmented. It's much more like the uh, polytheistic pagan cultures pre the Abrahamic faiths. It's okay. not like the Abrahamic faiths at all. So that means there's not one right way. I, my village does it this way. Your village does it completely other way. We both accept each other's shit. And that's branches of Hinduism. That's all Hinduism. It's all Hinduism isn't really a thing, right? They just called what we were doing Hinduism. We don't even call it a thing. We just worship God. But who is that deity God? We, there's there's hundreds. There's more gods right. than people. Wow. There's there's uh, it, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands. Is there? A, is it like ancient Rome and Greece, like a god of war, god of you love? You can make your own to that point like you can you can create your own you can you can but you can latch onto any character from any of any story any old story and make that person and worship that so it's 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 a point of ident. it's it's a very uh because the first thing is we don't have a book or a collection of we have some works that are very old like the old some of the oldest written books uh we have the Mahabharata, which is a poem long epic poem kind of like the iliad by homer yeah. Like a big war. Uh, then there's the uh, Ramayana, which is like the Odyssey. Um, like a, a king returning home after 14 years exile. And uh, that's another poem. And then we have the Vedas, the Vedantas, and the Puranas. The, are, there th- are, there, are there common themes that are similar to Islam's message and Christianity's message of peace, love? There's common themes amongst all of it because they're all trying to say the same thing. Yeah. That, that's how I see it. They're trying to say this thing that I saw, is that this, we're all one. When were these books written? Are you talking like a thousand BC? Uh, for, uh, for for three or four thousand BC. Oh th- fuck, man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ancient Egypt, like, way back then. Like earliest, whoa. Some of the earliest written texts. And some of those texts still exist. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they all they all exist. I mean, they've been rehashed, and they it's just a very popular cornerstone of our. So those texts, they get interpreted by different areas, and that's what becomes their culture so it all and that gets the interpretation of those books which are stories about war um returning home from war those two those two stories they're two stories in their own one story each they're just 
Okay, one story each, and they have similar themes, which are like peace, love, the same message of Christianity and Islam. And from that, you derive Hinduism. You take what you want and create a in, god. In, or... in, 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 um, in, there's a lot of interpretation <laughs> as to what those two books are trying to do. But my interpretation, I used to read them a lot when I was a kid. And having gone, well, this is my interpretation, is the Mahabharata, which is the, the book that's set a little bit later, uh, and it's about the war. That's a book that's supposed to get you to enlightenment or be describing the nature of the universe. Showing It's the see and show book. That book is showing you that it's see and show. And what does it say? It's just a story. It's, a story. Just, okay. it's, it's, it's a lot like the Iliad. Okay. Um, it's uh, the, the Iliad is the entire Greek world meeting in one war, right? Yeah. Troy and Greece on yeah. either side. The uh, Mahabharata is the Kurukshetra war. So it's... Two, it's a kingdom divided in two, and every king in India lines up on one side or the other, and they go at it. And it's a leading up to that. And Fucking that Game war. of Thrones, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is, basically. So, uh, or Dostoevsky's that War and Peace book, or whatever. Tolstoy. Yeah. Oh, Tolstoy, sorry. Uh, um, and um, so, the Ramayan, which is the other book, that one is about how to live a productive life. Like, how to be a good man. Is more like a directive of... So one is about how do I leave this game of ego that I have to play this this survive this suffering mm. happiness joy game how do I leave because the solution is not happiness the solution is leaving happiness and suffering and being able to have neither of them touch you mm. that's the solution but because isn't that happiness enlightenment we need it's not sp- happiness <laughs> okay because happiness is yeah, I see it's, I a, see. it's a all right I don't want to take you off track yeah. So you go on. So yeah. So the Ramayana is just how to be a good, like a productive, like a good leader. Because okay, so if you read that book, success has nothing to do with peace or contentment. Okay, or let happiness. me ask you a quick question. So let's say I had that book and I read it and I, I I believed everything that was on it and I loved it. Would that make me a Hindu? Is that how that happens? No, we're very we're like Jews. You can't really be a Hindu. Because I'm trying to like, okay. You got to be. You have to be Indian. You have, you kind of have to be like because all our traditions are so like. Okay, so if, in, in if you have to do if you do one of our ceremonies as a Hindu, like you need to know who your ancestors were, and what place they're from for me to say the thing. So in order as a practicing, what you're calling a Hindu and what you're calling as a, you can subscribe to the ideals though. That's why there's so many people like the Hari Krishnas and so many people can subscribe to that. We don't we don't go for it because that's part of our thing is. Interpret it how you will, and you go for it. Like you, that's the. We don't have a right way of doing it. There's no right way. All right. So it's such a wonderful message. Um, what made you abandon it, and what made you angry with it? And it's walk not away wonderful. From it? It's not wonderful. No? It's it's got its own serious flaws. So just like the Abrahamic uh, faiths have their flaws, with the they're both saying the same message. The Abrahamic ones are being way more direct about it. They're like, you need to do this in order to see this and to get this message and to live. A, you need to. They're putting the force down. That's that's the old testament and the discipline in. Yes, all all three, all three of the. Well, the Kim James Kim James Bible is watered down and like fluffier. It's still dis. It's still. It's all, but old testament is like hard. That's what the Greeks and the Russians prescribed. It's to. still like explicit commandments. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah we yeah. don't have that. We are wishy washy. There's no right way to our like Krishna. He's a mass murderer in the book in the story. Kills heaps of people. Does heaps of dishonorable. Outright dishonorable stuff. This dude's God on earth. Literally God incarnated on earth to rid the world of evil. And he's doing evil all over the place. So 
our book it, because it's describing our, our books are not telling you how to live especially the Mahabharata it's describing the universe and all the uh, horrific majesty of it every part of it uh, do you know what I mean like the good and the bad that's what it is as a whole it's not one side is not better than the other mm. one side's not meant to win the, the one side if one side goes the other side can't exist one side's there because the other side's there I so, understand yeah so you um, have no reference point. So it's some completely wishy-washy. This is the flaw with Hinduism. Completely. That's why Buddha started his thing. Because he was like, no man can understand Hinduism in one lifetime. So I'm going to put my own type of stuff out there. That's why. Buddha was a Hindu. He was a Hindu. He right. Was, he was a. So Buddha came after Hinduism and said, this is, this is wishy-washy, messy. I'm clearing up. it up. I'm and clearing it up for you guys. And how did he clear it up? Meditate. Get. You have to get. Fall in love with the trance, being able to take yourself away from thinking so that you can notice the separation. And then you can get to the... He was cutting to the core of it. Do you get what I mean? Rather than the, the Mahabharata and the, thing, it's, it, uh, and the Ramayana and all our scriptures, they're so broad and explaining everything that it's easy to get lost. And, okay, what do I do, though? You're giving me this massive story. It's epic. It's beautiful. Epic story. Who's... What do I do? Who am I in this? hundred million characters what do i do right buddha was just like this is what you do you sit down and you meditate and you try and detach yourself and start noticing your feelings within you and become self-aware basically try and figure out and then you eventually get to a place where who you think you are will separate from who you really are then you'll be able to notice what's going on here that's what these guys are trying to say that's what the abrahamic religions are trying to do too the abrahamic religions just take a lot of responsibility off your shoulders to do the work yourself they're like you don't need to do the work just do what we tell you it's outdated too obviously written a long time ago but and it needs to be a little bit updated but that's all they're trying to say they're all they're all trying to get you to notice yourself which is that one that i'm talking about that other world that one that's got to be you that's the real you Mm. that's me that's you that's this table that's everything it has to be that it has to all break down to that and then break back out like what to what it is now in order to be able to exist and hold that spectrum that has to exist out of nothing you know what i mean mm. so out, not out of nothing out of everything but um yeah so yeah so oh yeah but, but your question was so what made me lose it i was mad because man i believe i was into hinduism just the same way anyone's into their religion so i thought god was looking out for me I thought God was, like, if I pray to him, he'll give me what I want. If I ask him for what I want. But didn't you say Hindu God was many gods? Yeah, so, so mine was Hanuman. You, okay, you, I, did you choose that? Yeah, yeah, he was my favorite. And what, what, what made him your favorite? Yeah, I just, uh, I loved his stories. He was the man, he, he was a gangster, he used to, like, fight lots of stuff. What can you and, describe him as, as a, like a, like a Superman? He's a like monkey. A, like a Batman? He's a monkey dude. Yeah. Uh, he's the son of the wind god and the queen of the monkeys. So, so he's like he's a monkey, or does he? He's take half a- monkey, half man. He's like a man with a monkey face. It's like fucking Planet of the Apes. But he's jacked. Like he's got like a pretty he's human jacked. body. He's got like a human body though. He's like oh, super right. strong, jacked. Yeah. He can increase his size at will, and he can increase the length of his tail at will. He can leap vast distance. He's like a superhero, dude. That's why I, I love him. But. Holy fuck! It's almost like in twenty thousand years they're gonna come across 
fractured DVDs of Marvel superheroes and piece it together and go, these are gods. We're going to worship <laughs> It could them. happen. It definitely could happen. Because maybe these were stories of fiction back Dude, then. Dude, it's so realistic. If we somehow lost the technology and then got it back yeah. to a point where we couldn't make that shit yet, though. Yeah. And we saw, like, you saw, like, Avengers Endgame. You're like, dude, this extinction event happened. Who's this Thanos dude? We, yeah, is he fuck? coming back? Like, we need to prepare. So what made you abandon uh, him? What, I, what's the god's name? Sorry. Haraman. Haraman. What made you abandon Haraman? Well, it was not just him. I mean, I, I didn't only believe that he's the main thing. I, he's, I, I, he was my, I was a devotee to him specifically because he was the qualities that I wanted to embody. I wanted to be strength. He was a talker too. He was like, he could convince, he was always, he always told the truth, but he could convince you of anything without lying. That was his, that was what I liked. Yeah, sure. And, and, and. There's no deception. No deception, but he can, he'll, he'll speak to, he can speak directly to your heart and he can get you to, you know, be with his cause. So like, and he's, and he's just strong and loyal. And so I wanted all these qualities. So that's why I picked him, but I still accept the entire uh, catalog of gods along with him. In order for him to be real, they all got to be. So it's not just him I was casting aside. I was also casting aside Krishna and Vishnu and all the big ones, the big heavy hitters, the big three, um, and all that. So, yeah, because I thought they'd let me down. I thought if I was praying to them, they'd give me what I wanted and they'd give me success and they'd give me glory and they'd give me all these things that I wanted out of stand-up. And to be a stand-up, to give me my identity and all this. But now you know it has to come from within you and not a deity? Like, mm. you have to want that? Like, mm. you have to make that happen now? Um, you don't. You can't seek that strength from an external source? No, no, no. I, I knew that before, too. I wasn't yeah. just praying and being like, I'm just going to get this. It's like, if I do everything right, shit should break my way. Like, it should be... And it was just normal stuff that was going wrong. I was just a young comic struggling. Just like any normal comic strongers. But I go, this is meant to be happening. Quick, I had a big ego about me too. I still do. I have a massive ego about me. So I'm like, so, you know, you have expectations. When you have a big ego, you have expectations. When you have expectations, you end up miserable because mm. you're never going to live up to them. And as soon as you meet one, you've got another one right there waiting. How old, you, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm going to be 29 in like a week. Okay. Your ego mellows out. It wanes. It's like testosterone. As you get older, your ego fucks off, and you're left with uh, true purpose. Um, uh, it's easier to not be clouded because uh, I, I think my ego compared to now at 45 compared to 29 was way different. Yeah. Now I'm more mellow. I sort of I can be chilled. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that's that's definitely uh, uh, that's definitely part of it as well. But yeah, no, for me. Uh, yeah, so what that what made me... Le and I was just depressed. I was just depressed. Over, I was just cr crushing myself under the weight of expectations. Yeah. So I was just depressed, and um, that's when I left. And that's when... That's around the time when I met Izzy, and we started really going... Because he just left his religion as well. And we started really going deep into talking about what we thought the meaning of life was and what... And there was a few figures that we were clinging on to. We were listening to a lot of Alan Watts or Eckhart Tolle or... There's a few uh, Sadhguru. There's a few people in India that we were clinging on to, and there's a few the few people that we felt were talking about something similar, even though they're from different backgrounds and different walks. Don't you have to when you when you ask the question, "What is the meaning of life?" Don't you have to 
be careful of that question because it hasn't been specifically defined. Don't you have to give more details when you ask? You can't just throw that question out. Sometimes you can have a shit question. For example, if you're on the North Pole with Santa Claus and you ask Santa where's North, Mm -hmm. Santa's going to go, there is no more North. You can't go more north. Your question is stupid. Right. You're, you are north. You, anywhere in the center points is south. Right. So the question is stupid. So when you ask what is the meaning of life, mm-hmm. if you bracket it in terms of biology, it's something like survival and procreation. If you bracket in terms of the pursuit, uh, like, do you know what I mean? You've got, to def- you've got to give it more parameters. Yeah. So um, first of all, like it's, when I say the meaning of life, it was in, questions in, in that. It, it was questions in that neighborhood, and ultimately, it leads you down to a question of the the what is the meaning of life? Question is really, who am I in disguise? Who am I is the question Pretty that you're much. trying to answer. Yeah, um, that's, and, that's a great way of looking and, at it, and, and 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 that's what that question is boiling down to. What uh, what is the meaning of life? And uh, the actual question that I asked on the day that I got the answer, or what I feel was the answer, and I I I I got what I was looking for was um, what is want was what actually happened was I was real depressed. I was holding four tabs of acid for John Doerr and uh, I was just like, I'm not doing, and I was just at a point in my life where I was like, bro, I don't know what I want anymore. Like I really don't know what I want to do. And uh, John was like, yo bro, just take that acid and you can, you can replace <laughs> Good on it. you, John. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like you figure it out, meditate on it. And so I literally took a piece of paper and I tried to meditate on it. And I just started thinking, what do I want? Then I was like, what is want? What is want? What is that? What is that thing that keeps coming up in me all the time? Like this and that. For every little thing, not even the big things, like the little things constantly, right? Then I'm like, then that took me to who is wanting? Like, who is that dude? Because it's not me, because <laughs> yeah. he's asking me. So it's your So ego. it's obviously not me wanting. It's this dude who's keeping on asking me for shit. Yeah. And then I realized that's not me, that dude. And then I noticed the real me and the answer came to me. That's when the answer came to me. So, um, yeah. And yeah, that's when, that's, that's how, that was the question that led me to it. But what I was saying before, the meaning of life, uh, how I was able to reach it without context. Okay, so survival is not the meaning of life. Survival is the vehicle. If you ask me, like, what's the meaning of life yeah. to a biologist yes. in that context, yeah. I would say, well, survival or, you know, procreation. And, yeah. You know. I, well, I to me, the way I've, the, the reason why I say what I say is because I just, if I can keep putting a why to it, then that's not the end. I can't put any more whys to see and show. Why to see and show? Because you can't. As one, as everything, you can't see in show. Mm. Full stop. There's no more why after that. For me, do you know what I mean? Mm. So, like the survival thing is why though? Why the survival game? Why have we been put in this rat race where I have to stake my life every day to eat and kill someone else? Why do I got to do that? To see and show. It's cars. The purpose of a car is to go to point from point A to point B, right? The way it does that is an engine. Which is the survival game. The survival game to the universe. If the universe is a car, the survival game is the engine. And the purpose is to see and show. Mm. The car's purpose is not to have an engine. The purpose of the car is to get from A to B. The engine is what's allowing the car to do that. So the survival game is what is allowing us to see and show. 
because it keeps us going. That's the how could you design a design a better system to have something self living on itself to keep itself going? Mm. This is how you do it. This is the only way to do it. I I kill you. I have a kid. I eat you, and then I die, and you eat me. You have a kid. We keep going. Yeah. Do you think the way the universe works here on this planet, you know how like species eat species? Yeah. And seeing as scientists have looked at every corner of the universe and found the same elements exist and the same spectroscopy, stars are made up of the same stuff at the other end of the observable universe. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's logical then that you can make a leap and say that if there are planets 13 billion years away, light years away, and they they have grounds for life, then that life could be similar to ours, like dog eat dog, to survive, because the elements of life are there, the same as here. It's like a, just crossing the street and looking at a pantry. Yes, you see the same atoms. Yes, the same ingredients in that pantry as you have. Yeah, um, the only way it, I like logically speaking, the only way it wouldn't be able to work, it, it wouldn't work like that, is if um whatever's creating the energy that powers this thing is limitless and then i don't have to worry about killing anything mm. right the reason we have to kill things is because it's holding energy for a minute we're all energy receptacles and i need to eat another energy receptacle because you can't just hold energy can't just be here yeah. like this so i need to eat something that's got energy in it so i have energy then right so that's the reason why that and the reason why the killing and stuff like the war, the whole war thing, it's like the rules of the game are whatever I can do to make it work, that's what I can do to make it work. So the killing aspect of it. That's evolution in a nutshell, what you've just described. You know what I mean? So that's, that's just the fucking way it is, man. It's too and hard. It's, it's too. Yeah. That's, that's stand up as well in a nutshell. Like, whatever I can do to try to make it work, I will do. That, Wherever you know? there's a space to, someone will fill it. Someone so will, it's yeah. not like you can't get rid of the shock jock. Mm. The people, the white belts are getting up and talking about rape and they shouldn't. Yeah. You can't get rid of them because they need a. They're going to occupy that space. Someone's going to occupy Someone's it. Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to. Has to do it because that has to exist. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's true. I, do you believe in uh, free speech on stage? Like, nothing should. I, I think. I believe nothing should be censored. I believe that you should say whatever you want, even if it's horrific stuff. But I think you'll be found out by an audience that just won't laugh. And then the promoter will go, you got no laughs, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's I the, think that's the nature There's only of one it. rule in stand-up. That's why a, I pick stand-up. Yeah. Only one rule is be funny. That's why I love stand-up so much because I can talk for 30 seconds. I know if I hear a laugh, I'm not crazy. Yeah, but if I sit down and go, I'm going to write a novel. Mm -hmm. I can get lost so fast. Even if it's not funny, sometimes as long as you're keeping it interesting. See, well, that's right. The rule is: see, really, what we're doing is if we're, we're putting stand up in a box and saying it's stand up. Really, the the family we're a part of is the same as the Olympics, is yeah. the same as a circus, is the same as a movie. It's it's anyone in the business of getting people to do this. Like, turn and pay attention to them. Yeah, and being worth turning and paying attention to enough that it's like enough people are doing it that i'm paying money to pay attention to that thing yeah so funny is really the rule to make it comedy but really as long as you're up there that's why hannah gatsby i have no problem like it, wh whatever you're doing to get people to turn and pay attention and look over there and not be like fuck you made me look for that 
bullshit. If they're going, oh yeah, yeah, you made me look and I'm happy I looked. More power to you. That's you winning the game. That's 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 the game. I couldn't agree more. That's the game. How long have you been gigging now? I forgot to ask you. Um, are you six years at least? Uh, oh, I don't. I have no idea. I, <laughs> talent wise, no, just stand up. Um, not poetry at five. No, no, no. Fuck's sake. My fi- no, no, no. My first gig I did when I was eighteen, seventeen. So I was. Oh wow. Yeah, when I was twenty. When, when I saw in twenty ten, uh, but I did it in such small towns. And so many, like, I've had breaks in between as well. I wasn't going whole hog with stand-up until, like, 2015, 2016. Even when I was going whole hog with stand-up, I wasn't going whole hog with stand-up. So. What's whole hog for you? Like, a couple of gigs a week, three gigs a week, four gigs a week? How does how do you... I don't go whole hog. That's that's what whole hog okay. is to me. Whole hog, whole hog is doing it properly. Like, okay. how normal, proper people do it. Like, I, I don't do it. Do I you haven't... think there's a limit in Melbourne? Like, uh, not a, a minimum to gig? Like, sometimes I think the minimum should be three a week. Yeah, I mean, I mean to what to get good, just a gig, yeah, just yeah, I, to run through. I ideas. think as many as you can do, as many as you can do. Oh, absolutely, but when yeah. you can't, because we're all human and we've got other shit going on in our lives. Yeah, I try like three, and I mean, you're gonna progress at the rate that you do the gig, and then there's and there's also a point where there's also quality over quantity. Yes, because I, I was in London for a stage and I tried an experiment where I gigged every day for six months, and I learned less from when I gigged quality gigs for six months i learned more with the quality gigs because right. i had a proper audience right as opposed to comics just staring at me well it's going to teach you different things i mean comics staring at you is never good you're not going to learn anything from that really. you don't it's it's tough it's all i don't know what to do when i like this this could be a question for everyone like what do you do when you're in a room and you're about to go up on stage and it's just comics i think you should just go off on a stream of consciousness or a topic that you've been thinking of talking about but you haven't had the balls to because if you start doing material comics are going to laugh at the wrong places yeah they're going to laugh when you choke they're yeah. going to laugh at your shitness mm-hmm. that's exactly what i did and laugh- if it's funny they're not going to laugh they're just going to stay silent one and the- probably just say cunt under their breath exactly one of the one of the exa- i mean if they're Good enough to pay attention to you, which I have been in some rooms like that where com- the comics are actually trying to pay attention. And if you've got some new stuff they haven't heard, they might that's great. Get, that's all right. That's good. But yeah. but um, I have had that. Like I, I remember doing uh, that Ligon room, and there was all comics in there one time. And yeah, that's normally a great. Is that the Semple and Vosk? Yeah, that's a great gig. It is normally, but it was just it was a full room. It was like twenty people in there, but they were all comics. Literally, yeah. like there was like one punter in there. That's when you have to shift and go. I've got to. I I just I literally told them that story. Of what I, that story where I took four as, as I just and I, there were no jokes in it. I was just like, I'm just gonna get this off my chest, like how I wanna. This is what's on my mind, and I'm just gonna get it off like that. And I I got something out of it, but I'm, I and I did it one more time after that, but I'm not, I'm not gonna do that again. But but yeah, it's it's um, I mean, I what you're talking about um with Alessio and the other podcasts is 100 percent true. You gotta get as many if you wanna get good at something, you just gotta expose yourself to as many situations as you can with that and figure out a way to react and then the other side is writing and uh figure out who you are are you someone that has something to say you don't have to be um if you are someone that has something to say or if you want to be someone that has something to say make sure you have something to say (laughs) and like write and that's the other side of it so performing and the writing performing you don't get better at unless you perform and writing you don't get better unless you write that's the only that's the way to do it it's that simple. It's fucking Darwinian. You've got to expose yourself to all these it's environments. Simple, it's simple, man. To adapt. It's not a secret. 
It's not. It's not hard. That's what I well, mean. It is. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Stand up. Yeah. And there are days where I wish I was a pilot, or <laughs> you know what I mean, because physics isn't going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow with a new set of physics laws, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I've got to learn to fly again. Yeah. You know, it's I'm going to still know how to fly. Whereas my material, yeah. gold on a Friday night in front of 200, yeah. and the next night in front of 40 at a cricket club, yeah. they're not buying. When it. you're a pilot, fuck. when you're a pilot, 90% of your days are good days and good days are piss easy mm. but that 10 percent of bad days what potential air crash investigations yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are those are those are avoidable but did you I, have any what? b b career topic like b options in your life like um i pretty much found stand up at 25 yeah i mean look when i first i, I went to law school i wanted to be i want to make my parents proud i'm did Indian. you study law yeah i did for did three you? years so, i dropped out so okay yep three yeah. years yeah yeah, so your poor I, parents. Your parents. Your parents must be like my parents. I think Indian parents and Greek parents are very similar. Uh, a little bit. Very discriminatory. Very racist. Very, um, very like, what the fuck. What are you doing? Don't bring a Pakistani girl home. Oh, Don't yeah. bring a Turkish girl home. Uh-huh. Uh, go to fucking uni. I worked hard for you to get an education. Yes. Well, same stuff. Same stuff. Same mold. Oh yeah. That you gotta love that 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 whole region. That whole. I mean, it's a big. We're not really in the same region, but I don't know. There's a weird. That that eastern everything east of the Mediterranean Sea, mm. or like no even further, because some of the what's on the other side what's on the west of the uh, Italians are kind of like that too, a little bit but, and Spanish yeah Spanish a little bit too you're and right Maltese you're right yeah I think everyone's like that a little bit why people are really a little bit weird why people I don't know what they've done to themselves but they've well there's this Anglo Saxon they've really mind fucked themselves there's this Anglo Saxon Saxon. There's this Anglo-Saxon culture that I was exposed to for ten years in England, where you it's okay to detach from your emotional state of being. Right. You don't deal with you deal with the, you. You're always well mannered. You're always polite. Yeah, that's And you them don't up. show you. Whereas Wogs, we just fucking explode. We Indians, have to. We're emotional as fuck. We're, but that's why we live longer, man. Yeah. They just fucking let shit, you know. They deal with shit later. They don't process, and the fucking heart, their valves just explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the thing, man. But like, the blacks in London, they're very much like uh, wogs. Oh yeah, well, black people are too. Black people yeah, are in that category. Very culture, very out there, very emotional, very, very loving, very much so. Black people aren't. The difference between black people though, black people are very emotional, and they they, they are, but they're very chill. Like they're not serious. You mm. know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're chill and emotional. Indians, we're nah, like the, we're like you, you guys are nuts. We're like serious and emotional. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're, yeah. like Japanese are like the opposite. Japanese are not emotional at all. If you guys and took, they're serious. If you guys took over the world, we're all fucked because you guys have your will. own. You guys have your own caste system. We never will. And you discriminate amongst yourselves. Like you can't bring a certain Indian girl home if she's from the wrong. Yeah. You know that's like fucking ancient, but it still exists. In oh your, yeah. Oh yeah, we get we. I do. Uh, I I can't remember the exact story, but did you hear about that? that there was some Indian family that like Indians keep getting busted with like slaves, like in Australia. Like they've got like some Indian chick. <laughs> yeah, I saw they, that. They've just come and brought. They saw this. Po- they kept this poor Indian mum. Yeah. yeah, man, we're rough. Yeah, but you guys are wrong at the mad mad at the wrong people. Like I swear to God, people. Everyone's mad at white people. White people are actually nice. But like, but there's there's the Indians are getting screwed over as well in Dubai. They're treated like shit. 
Yeah, wait, they, well, Aaron like shit. Is that? Yeah, well. <laughs> that's, that's not that. You that's, know, that's the game. If you're from outside, man. That's the game. Get the fuck out of Do you yeah. know what my dad said to me like when I was young, bro? But you got this emerging woke culture. That They're is... even worse, to be honest. But <laughs> in, when, my, my dad, when I was a kid, because I went to boarding school, and or like even when I was just like doing PE and you had to get changed, I was wearing like like an Indian, like a sacred, it's like, like a thread thing that we wear, like as a Brahmin. And like, are a, you Brahmin? Yeah. And I'm, Brahmin is the top cast. Yeah, we're the, we're the white people. We're the <laughs> and I've never met a... With a um, what's the low caste? Oppressors. Yeah, yeah, you're the oppressor. What's the lowest caste in India? The Dalits? Uh, Shudras. Shudras. Yeah. I've never met a Shudra. Yeah. The Untouchables. Right. Yeah. But um, it's... Can you date a girl from a Shudra caste? I can. I can. My family are, are cool. Your I mean, family won't care. I, but when you take it to India, they'll be like, "Ew." I go, I go one or two generations up, and they'll care. One, maybe one generation up, and they'll probably care. Like my parents are like one generation, a little. They got TV like from when they were a little kid, so they're already broken a little bit mm. from that. You know what I mean? From a lot of the old. Like I remember my dad hired an untouchable to redo our like our ancestral home in South India. And where my are you from in South India? Uh, Tamil Nadu. It's a a small village called Singanallur in Tamil Nadu. Okay. A very tiny, like that house, like three hundred years old, four hundred years old. You're joking! Yeah, 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 oh yeah. Wow, I saw my like a well in the home, back, like, and that was a hundred and thirty. Yeah. So you've topped me. Yeah, yeah. It's an old, old house. So like, isn't um, that fucking amazing? Older than, yeah, fucking old man. Older than, uh, older than Napoleon. That house. Yeah. Is it still standing? It was a hundred. Yeah, still standing. My, good, good builders. In three hundred years, nothing will be standing in Mernda. Yeah. <laughs> with the way they've fucking built them yeah. Metricon homes they build them in like 20 minutes and they go alright next job <laughs> done yeah yeah but um, yeah, yeah. So, but like in, India's yeah it's uh, so my yeah my dad my, my granddad moved from South India to Mumbai when my dad was a kid oh no my, not my dad my dad was born in Mumbai so when he got married or before he got married so yeah but uh, India what were we talking about before Um, I can't remember mm. But I just started exploring India. Yeah. Because I've never been about it fascinating. Oh, no, the me. cultural thing. The, uh, we're, that we're emotional and stuff. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think anglo India, We're never colder. taking over anything, bro. We're not taking over shit. We're too lazy. India's never taken over anyone. Never even tried. But you won't... You're pretty... Um, we already got everything. We're too lazy. Yeah, but... We chi- got the spices. China's what nudging do we need to take? you. China's nudging a bit. On, we're on, still on, not going On gonna... the side of India. What's going on over there? Everyone's been nudging, bro. We're just what's too going, lazy. Do you know what's going on between China and India on, yeah, the, border? Know, on the border? What is that? It's a, it's a weird little thing. Do you give a fuck thing. about... Do, who gives a fuck about that land there? I mean... Isn't it... Is it sacred or, it, or is it just more for pride? What's happening? Uh, I don't think it's pride. I think China's trying to make moves. China's... China's the number one contender and they're going right now. They're like... Yeah, they're it's, their, it's their... It's their time... They're doing... COVID was a do stun know, grenade to the world, and do, now they're making chess moves. Do you remember when McGregor first came out, and he was just shit-talking Aldo at every possible fight, every possible... Yeah. Like, trying to get the fights done? Yeah, yeah. That's what China's doing. China Absolutely. is McGregor, Yeah. and they're just trying to get this fight. They're trying to get the title holder, and the title's ducking him. Like, yeah. USA's like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we're just, we're gonna, we'll fight whoever comes. It's like, what about China? It's like, no, nah, but... He's like, well, I have an injury coming up, and I think I should have just done match, <laughs> yeah. like, quite right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's that, that vibe right now. Like, they got the whole, like, even... Um, Can you crystal ball uh, a war? How would you crystal ball it's weird a right sequence now. of events? It's weird right now. That it's leads unpredictable. to conflict 
I, if I was to crystal ball a sequence of events that would lead to confrontation, I would do something like... I'll tell you this right now. South China Sea. If we end up having a war soon and China loses, COVID was part of the war. Guarantee you. That's part of the narrative. China started their attack in 2019 when they released COVID. Well, that was a stun grenade. If they do a war and China lose and we get to write what happened... We're oh, including COVID. It, it would start in COVID. It would start in COVID. Yeah, the war began... Even if it starts five years from now. Yeah, it was to cripple our economy in 2019, throw us all a fucking spanner in the works, and then bang, yeah. make moves. In, yeah, absolutely. If they win, though, then no, it's not. If China win... No, then it's not. COVID started in America. <laughs> they tried to blame us. <laughs> yes. And all we wanted to do was <laughs> say hi to Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. And just go ask them out on a day. Yeah, that's right. And then they cried rape. Yeah, and Hong Kong. I had Hong Kong on the side a little bit, but I don't know, you know, Taiwan. She's, you know, she's a hoe anyway. I don't... Yeah. That, that, that whole scenario is hilarious right now. It's a, such an interesting time to be alive with this pandemic. And it is, man. Um, it is. It's a bit, you know, I think uh, we're kind of almost going to be living through like a Cold War with Russia and America. Yeah. It's going to be tense over the next 20 years. Like we just bought a whole heap of missiles and China's like, why'd you buy those fucking missiles? Yeah. And, and they hate us, but at the same time, they need our iron ore and they're buying up all of our iron ore because we've got the best iron ore in the world and they're fucking going for it. They're yeah. buying heaps of it, man. My dad always, that's my dad's biggest, my dad's an engineer and his biggest pet peeve is how Australia just sell all that they just extract natural resources and sell it but rather than tell your dad a little fucking one minute economics course supply and demand dad look how much money we're fucking making yeah no i know but if we because they can't if they, we, china want to go to brazil but brazil are like yeah hey, we're not ready no but if we if we built the infrastructure to use all the material ourselves and have the manufacturing here then we could get off the tip of china that's his point okay sorry, sorry to get the off gun. the tip of something else to not require the buying power right it's a, it's a self-fulfilling thing as well. Like, if you start bringing the infrastructure here, you're going to start needing to bring people. And then when you start making the shit here, then more people are going to come. Yeah. And then, I mean, it inherently involves the raising the population of Australia, which I don't think Australians are amazingly keen on, but because it's pretty cool to have, not have people here. It's so great. Like, as an Indian, it's so great being here. There's no one here. It's so great to have no one here. It's such an advantage. People don't, that's, why, that's how everyone, we like it, Drew. Everyone who's mad at... That's how we like it. Man. Everyone who's mad at white people who hate immigrants mm. should give cut them some slack. That You don't realize... <laughs> we like big backyards. You don't realize, man. We cannot lie. You, you don't realize, man. Like, I understand. I understand where they're coming from. Well, it's one reason why I lived in England for 10 years. I came back because it was like fucking slots of land yeah small slithers or slivers rather of land shit yeah that that and their landmass is just tiny anyway like they're just that whole that uk is tiny tiny with 60 million people i know yeah rough there's 25 million people here and it's ridiculous huge no one here when did you leave oh you you left india as a baby i know when i was five five that's why i couldn't speak english so yeah you, you don't remember anything. Five, six. Yeah, yeah, oh well, yeah. You do? Heaps, yeah. Heaps. Yeah, I, I've gone back to India quite a lot as well. Uh, but, yeah, I remember quite a bit from before. Are I you are you connected to India? Like, I'm connected to Greece spiritually. Like, I think Australia is my father. Greece is my mother. If not, that makes not sense. Not in that way. Not in that way. I'm no. not connected to anywhere. Like, that. when I moved to New Zealand, that killed me of that. Because uh, I was like, when I got there, I remember I went to my like, first year of school. I could barely speak English. And they took me to, like, an Easter parade. And I saw that, you know, when they take you through the, like the whole Jesus thing and he like ends up on the cross at the end. Yeah. And they had actors playing it and everything. 
I was like, what is this? I'd never heard of any of this before. Never heard of Jesus? Nothing. Wow. Of it. Nothing. For me, I'm still in Hindu world. We have Diwali. We have Holi. Yeah. We don't have Christmas. Someone come up to me and they're like, yo, Santa Claus. What's Santa Claus going to get you? Who? Who the fuck? What? Yeah. A fat white guy comes down a chimney. <laughs> we don't even have chimneys. All right? <laughs> we, we, what is this? He's missing out the entire continent of India. <laughs> Are you on crack? Like, this is not real. So, uh, yeah, that shattered the whole... So, I basically had a choice at that point. I was like, all right. Either these guys are bullshitting and we're right with our stuff. Or we're bullshitting and these guys are right. Or they're both bullshitting, which is, I think, the likelier. So, then that's what kind of skewed me to read everything for myself. So, like, that, that's why I went back and I used to read... I read a lot of... And I made up my own mind, too. The, the biggest thing with me with, with religion... This is my pet peeve as well. With people who are like, religion is literal. You're supposed to take this all literally, like what they meant. This is what happened. These stories that they write, is they're writing down as a historical record, right? It's like, we're acting as if we came up with the ability to make stuff up recently. Yeah. Like, 2,000 years ago, we couldn't write Harry Potter. Harry Potter, magically, only now we can come up with that mm. magical shit. Why is it so hard to believe that these guys would have been coming up with this metaphorically and allegorically back then? And they already knew that that's the best way to convey a message that's not going to get misconstrued is through a story. Yeah. And I, I think it's highly likely that they would have known that back then. Isn't the, the, the People really underestimate how smart people were back then. I don't think we've gotten that much smarter. People were just as smart, if not smarter, than we were back then. Well, yeah, look at uh, Pythagoras and uh, yeah, all the those pyramids. Dudes. Exactly. And, These people were more than capable. in China and the Aztecs. They're more than capable of coming up with myths and legends. Yeah. So as vehicles to spread their, to, to our, do whatever they're trying to do. Our technological leap probably happened in the 20s with quantum mechanics. Yeah. And the com- that birthed the computer age. Yeah. But pre-1920, physics was very similar to... Um, you know, I remember at the time when Einstein wanted to study physics, they said, uh, don't do it. It's all done. Yeah. It's wrapped up. We're done here. Yeah. Physics is a dead end. Yeah. Gravity, Newtonian physics, nah, it's done. Even, even so, I mean, science is boring. I, I, even if you just look at works of art. Science look, is not boring. No, no, no. It's it, taught boringly. No, no, no. no it's, it, I didn't mean it that way. I mean, oh. I, it's, I think it's fascinating, but, I, but measuring what was correct back then and now, it's more interesting to look at literature because you can see how similar they thought to us. Of course. Like, uh, if you read Dante's Divine Comedy, right? Like, what an amazing piece of satire. That dude is like Mark Twain or some shit. This dude wrote this shit in like 1300 or 1400 in, in Florence, Italy. It is one of the greatest pieces of comedy. It's, it's great. Like, have you heard of Dante's Divine it's Comedy? It's on my list, man. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I'm I have seven days off. Well, it's in Italian. I can't read it. I just read the fucking, what the people who can speak English say about it. But, like, it's a great, um, like, you, you, they explore really complex ideas. Like, we're not, we, we act like they didn't know, and, like, slavery, for example, they had slaves, so they didn't know better. They had some lower concept of morality or lower concept of um, understanding the world than we do now, which I don't think was the case. First of all, we ain't here without slaves. There was no other way to get shit done, bro. I am not spending my time building this shit. I'm going to imprison someone and make them build my shit for me. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> well, we, it's it's the year 1000. I'm not... 
No, I have deals to make look, in I Egypt. And yeah, I'm look, a merchant. I got to go on my caravan. I need people. Slavery still exists. It's just called minimum wage. Yeah, I, w- I mean, it's not as necessary today because we got machines, we got like we got jackhammers, and we got fucking uh, excavators, and mm. you know what I mean. That like, but back in the day, like you know, people did what they had to do, man, and people are still gonna do what they have to do. It, be, I don't know where this judgment came. It's recent too. Of you got to be a good person somehow, and like everyone. There are people out there who are, know that they've been doing bad and they're deliberately doing bad, or like this Jeff Bezos. Dude, how is, why is everyone so pissed at Jeff Bezos about going into space? Um, I, I don't understand. Maybe tall poppy syndrome. Fuck you, motherfucker. Is it? Maybe. Also, I've, I've heard an argument that, oh, he should be giving money back to, you know, that would have fed a lot of kids in yeah, Africa. Yeah, like that, all that, that, shit. that whole argument of we need to get rid of hunger. We need to end racism. What? How? Like, you can't end hate. If you want to... You can't end it. You can't end hate. But if you want to end racism, you got to pass a rule that says you are not... A, you have to marry outside your culture and have a child outside your culture. Then it's okay to be racist because you can Even then they're going to be kids, racist. You know? Yeah. Even then, there's but no it's way. it's more acceptable. We, we get along fine now. Even that. Even, I think so. I think we get along fine the way we are. I don't think we need any... But, like... I think we need more... Uh, education because education breeds um, a certain it's type of it's already bro I grew up like, I'm, you know like, I grew up in New Zealand and then I, I and then I come over here especially in a place no, like Melbourne I'm, I'm just saying like oh black people we know that black people is just like they've got melanin in their skin because mm-hmm. of they've been exposed to they're, they're on a certain angle on the curvature of the earth that's exposed to a lot of sun mm-hmm. so there's their bodies produce melanin to have, to stop them from getting uv radiation well the secret that's the, quite it's kind of beautiful in a weird way like they're just they're, their bodies are developed to adapted to live next to the sun whereas other people in redneck america in 1830s were like fuck them motherfuckers yeah you know, like, but it's not really about the skin color we're using the skin color as a point of difference but it's not really but about that's how that. it begins I I think it begins from it begins from you look so fucking different and alien. Yes, get away from me. I can I can dehumanize. I can dehumanize my, you. You are yeah. interrupting my status quo. Yes, but I mean, there was a I mean I, I can't remember which study uh, which biologist was talking about it, but there was like a some study that uh, like there's a natural reflex that makes you do that because back in the day, people from other tribes would carry pathogens that could kill your whole community. So it's like. There's a natural survival element to it a little bit, but there's also cultural cl- culture clash. Like, there's a lot of aspects to racism that people don't account for that they're just like, you should just be able to go along with this. Like, when I was, like I was saying before, like, I wear that sacred thread thing, and when I'm in gym class, uh, when I was w- taking it up, everyone keep asking me about it. And I went home, and I was complaining to my dad one day. I was like, man, these kinds are so racist, man. They keep, like, every time I open my food, if there's Indian food, they keep asking me about it, or if it's this, or if it's that, they just keep... Why can't they just... And my dad's like, yeah, but you're Indian, bro. We're in their country. Like, you're weird. They're going to ask you. Like, well, you you got to uh, empathize. You're asking for, to empathize with people and you have no empathy from what from their standpoint. There's right? nothing wrong with curiosity. There's nothing wrong with curiosity. And there's, there's going to be difference as well. Like, yeah. like, some of my friends, they came to my house every time. They were like, man, your house smells like curry. Like, every time. Right? There's a, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be hateful, but difference can always have the potential to create that. That difference is going to exist. Ha- my mum's house always smells of garlic. Yeah. It is what it is. It is. And it's just a difference. Or, like, uh, when I used to go to my friend's house, 
her mum would be like sunbathing topless on her on her balcony. And I'd be so uncomfortable. I'd be like, "What is? You can't." Where's she from? Why she's she's from New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, um, that's big in uh, that was big in Europe in the nineties. When mm-hmm. I first traveled to Europe in the nineties, girls right. were getting the tits out at the beach. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Right. How so good's this? so this shot, it's it's just a shock. You need a strong. Like, some bow of it's just a. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I'll make a joke. You need, like, yeah. a lot of alcohol on Frankston Beach to get that, to that stage, <laughs> you know, back when I was. And then you go to Greece and the tits out. Yeah. It's glamorous. Yeah, Europe, they just have a different culture about it. It's not right or wrong. There's Man, no right or wrong. One thing I wanted to mention before, how weird is it that a society defines what is normal? You take a time machine back to ancient Greece. There were ancient Greek statues of gods in parks with erect penises. Yeah. And girls at 13 used to go and lose their virginity on it. And then everyone used to break out into a fate, like a parade. Wow. And sing and dance that she just broke her hymen on a god. Right. Ancient Greeks used to have this once a year massive orgy with masks on. And then the children used to be raised by the entire village. That way there was no prejudice against whose kid is whose. Yeah. There's a few that every, I've, I've heard every a few kid belongs to the village. I've that was normal. Of, yeah. It's amazing how a society defines and sets the parameters of what is normal. That's why I, uh, the homosexuality pe- was very normal in ancient Greece. You weren't a man until you received man milk <laughs> at thirteen. Yeah, that was normal. Right. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah, but that, that, that's what the. Um, people, I'm not saying anyone's right. I'm just there is saying, no right or wrong. There I'm can't just, be. I'm just saying. Well, I think it's wrong to you know get a blowjob off of the thirteen year old. But I'm just saying it's weird how a society defines normality. But that's what we're saying now. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like thinking that these. Mor- Moral lines that we're drawing come from some innate compass that we have. That's like, oh, thirteen-year-olds shouldn't give blowjobs to grown men, or murder's bad, or whatever. It is completely arbitrary. Well, we've decided we've come to to a certain point through time where we've realized that this set of rules is guarantees the most productivity. It's unproductive for me to kill you. Mm. It's unproductive to mess with kids when they're underage. Mm. It's unproductive. That's the only reason why these things are wrong, quote unquote. It's because they're unproductive. Yep. cause damage that's uh, not worth uh, the the what you're getting in return for the damage. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're taking away a person is not worth just the pleasure of whatever. If if murder was legal, we'd all be we'd be making fun of people who hadn't murdered yet. You haven't murdered yet? What are you a pussy? What yeah. when, when are you gonna dude? We're going this weekend. We're 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 gonna buy you a new shirt. We're gonna get you some knives. What do you want to use? A yeah. knife? A gun? <laughs> what are you gonna use? You're going to use a gun, pussy. He's going to use a gun. He's making like, a list. Checking you know it twice. We would be, whatever works, You man. would murder. Probably. Whatever, whatever works. Whatever works so that we can get along, that's what works. Like, you know, like even like the whole uh, democracy versus dictatorship thing. Democracy and dictatorships, they're both good. They have their advantages and disadvantages. In a, in a democracy, you have a way better quality of life. You're likely to have more freedom. But... Things are going to move really slow mm. because everyone's going to have to get on the same page to get shit to happen. Fuck, just look at America in the last, uh, yeah, and, and and last ten years exactly. Since well, since they stacked the Senate to block anything from Obama till now, any democracy, but come back the, to Rome well, or any, any yeah, demo- yes. filibustering the fuck out of everything. I see. I understand your point, and and it's a huge disadvantage. In, in Whereas terms of, dictatorships. You just hope he doesn't go, or she doesn't go mad. As long as he's making decent decisions, it's cool. As long as they don't go bananas. He's moving fast. Like, his, his decisions... A, a dictatorship is a democracy. A dictatorship has a huge advantage militarily because it can move... 
hey, we're we're invading tomorrow. Like Hitler. I don't gotta agree with no one's gotta agree with me. Like I'm let's going. say like Hitler with the autobahn. You woke up, you get the paper, Hitler's building an autobahn. Fuck, he's putting freeways. Or from freeways from Frankston yep. to everywhere. No Woohoo No need for a referendum. Then, How am I using this budget? Is this a good idea? What great are the progress. pros and cons? What are the what about the native land that he's gonna take? But then he goes, no. Oh, we're going to Poland next week. Oh don't He's crazy. You know? Oh, I mean, even that wasn't a bad mood. If they'd won, it wouldn't have been bad. Like, you know what I mean? For as if you're a German. If you're a Jew, it's kind of bad. But It's bad if you're a Polish person as well. Yeah, if you're a Polish person and as well. It, I mean, I saw the city, what, what he did to yeah, it. Like, true. fuck. It's fucking weird. True. Warsaw. True. It's a weird place. But um, I love it, but it's but fucking yeah, there's, weird. There, and power corrupts. That's a, that's a disadvantage with dictatorships. Even if you've got a good one, eventually he's going to go nuts. Well, this is my theory. When politicians get elected, they have to take mushrooms on live TV on a couch. And then, like, take handfuls and handfuls just so we can self-work, just go right deep inside to see who they are. Because uh, politicians scare me. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a very humble person. I think I've got good material, and I'm humbled when people laugh a lot. And then I come off stage and go, thank you very much, I'll work harder. A politician thinks, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I, I know what needs to be done. I know how it needs to be done. I'm the fucking guy. My answer is, the, I'm, my way is the way. Yeah. For come with me everyone but that's a lot of fucking for lack of a better word that's there's, a lot of balls man that's right then there's two kinds of that's politicians scare, those people scare me they, 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 and they should they're dangerous people dangerous and, and, and there's, so they, take mushrooms on live TV honestly what's inside you cunt and they'll freak out that's the thing there's two there's two types well, why of, do you want it why have you got so much ego there's two there's two types of politicians there's that type and then there's the other type of I actually prefer this type people will hate this type but I actually prefer them it's the it's the royal class, where you're just born into the shit, and you're just one of them now. They like, shit me to tears because all they did a thousand years ago, they stormed the castle, chopped someone's head off. No, and, I'd rather and, them because I don't because this person thinks he's thinks, thinks he's a god or some shit. This person is at least getting pushed upon him. Yeah, that he has to do it, and he might turn out to be a good cunt. There's some good cunts that come out of that. Yeah, like fair like you know what I mean? Like like the like George Bush. Had to go on a, a date with uh, Trisha um, Nixon when he was like fourteen. It was like a royal arranged like date, like really, like we're the Bushes and you're the uh, Nixons, and we're to gonna... try and establish some sort of dynasty. When you're in one of those families, yeah. you're basically royalty. Your every movement you make is for the family. The Bushes the... were royalty, weren't they? The Kennedys, all the of Kennedys them. were royalty. All of them, all of those. I don't know enough about the Kennedys, but I know someone high up wiped them out. Well, the Ke- the Kennedys were in a- they got rid of the brothers. They got rid of John. They got rid of Robert. They got the rid of- the. I mean, if you watch the Irishman, it's the mafia because they they they, they did get rich off boot- bootlegger money. They, I mean, they, the Kennedys were bootleggers. Mm. That's how they got rich. So right. So the, that's and that's true. I don't know if the mafia really fucked them all up like that, but but yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I mean, dictatorships. I mean, as long as. Shit moves quick, man. And, and the other, that's the other thing with uh, democracies, man. Like, they always trick us on the news with showing us domestic shit all the time. Domestic shit doesn't matter. Whatever your budget is, right? You're going to shift $100 million from education to healthcare. Great. You're going to shift $50 million from education to whatever. The only important thing that actually makes a difference, bro, is what you're doing to, with overseas. What are you doing in foreign... How, what deals are you making over here? 
uh, who is the next threat that we need to worry about. That's the shit that can actually fuck you up. And they never report on that. No one cares about that, really. But they do. They're like... They're, they're very they're, quiet about it. They're though. always on China's case. Like China pushing into South China Sea. China upset at our purchase of anti-air missiles. Blah, blah, blah. Don't you feel like it's, it's a side thing, though? They're always like, yeah, this does this, this happen. And then well, what's say, our real threat? We've got no real other threat, man. Why, New Zealand's gonna... They invade with fucking bouncers and maoris every few years that's about well, it well we 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 don't have threat like that but we are a country that is at the mercy of whoever wins the title we're not contenders right so no. we, we we're at the we have to make sure we're friends with whoever has the belt or we're in a position where we may not be friends with the person who has the belt but we're in best interests of that person to be on their side I think we're pretty safe, man, because we're kind of a, we're, we're very much aligned yeah. with the UK and America. If they go down, yeah, but they got the belt right now. That's what I'm saying. They're under yeah. threat right now. Well, they won't relinquish that. It's not about relinquishing. No one ever relinquishes the belt. It gets taken. It's not going to get taken. From it gets them. taken by force. If it gets taken by America, if the belt, if global supremacy shifts from America, the UK, it will be a completely different world. Yeah, well, and it will be stained with nuclear radiation because bombs will go off you they think you think they're going to let bombs off before losing they won't yeah America, i don't think so it'll get to that i don't think so but how do you how can you have a war in 2021 when it's all technological it'll, i know it's different what's going to happen how's it's it going to be it's going to be this po- proxy thing with like, like the arab out? swing yeah arab and, spring like that exactly they're going to they're trigger revolutions in other countries and proxy and, wars yeah. just run their course and that's it people just go back to school after yeah. you know it's just two kids fighting it out at lunchtime yeah that's what a proxy war is yep i don't get it i can't see maybe everything is set this is the way it is mm. I don't know. I think we still got more to go. I mean, we're gonna get, we're gonna, it's gonna get to a point where travel gets quick enough that we're all some global country. Like that's the direction it's moving. But I don't know how long that's gonna take. But um, eventually, globalization, mm-hmm. one culture. I mean, we already got one internet. We have. We that's that's the. I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm just looking at my. I think I'm gonna run out of battery soon. I'm just thinking of um. Uh, yeah, one culture. Look at um, stand-up comedy when I started. It was an underground form of entertainment. Now, it's very popular in Australia because it's exposed to Facebook, the Netflix, all these streaming platforms. Stand-up has become, let's go out and see some stand-up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to ask you that actually on my way here. I was thinking about that because I was wondering, like, is, it's, it's almost like one of those uh, obsolete things that happen to professions, but when we were kids... We only had stand-up. I didn't have memes. I didn't have all this extra comedy that's just thrust in my face every day like these kids do. So I actually needed stand-up. Stand-up was my dose. I'd go on YouTube and watch stand-up. Or I'd... I had that. Or I had it on Comedy Central. Those were the only two. And that was my dose of funny. It was either that or a comedy movie. Or an album or something. I didn't get... Or little joke books and stuff. But I didn't get memes and memes and... There's so much funny out there now. Do you think there's a little bit of desensitization where you don't need people don't need to rely on stand up like that or comedy movies like that, like the traditional wholesome comedy entertainment that we normally get it from? Because they're getting it so much, they're getting their fix already so much. Do you know what I mean? 
with yes and no. I think the li- live form of stand-up comedy will always be around. You're right. There's nothing like the buzz of being in a live show. Mm-hmm. I'm just just watching my friends and cousins and family's faces when they come to a live show. Their their posture lifts. They're all excited. This is I can't believe we're going to see live stand-up. And sometimes I forget and I put myself in their shoes and I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. And I think they're exposed to so much stand-up now that they've become more comedy savvy. And I think that's a good thing. Oh, that's um, for sure. I mean, that's going to make everyone better. But but I think it's important not to watch... Oh, this is just me. It's just me who's speaking. But I, I think I, don't, I try not to watch too much because I'm scared it's going to steer me in a certain direction. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean for comics. I mean just audience. Audience, yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. but yeah, comics, yeah. I mean, I, don't know. I, I used to watch a lot of stand-up. I felt like... I had the same issue, but I felt like if I watch heaps of stand-up, though, then it won't be a problem because, like, it'd be too many directions yeah, yeah, for yeah. me to I'd be able to steer. I just make sure I always am doing heaps. So. But, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been fun, man. We've got to wrap it up. Yeah. I'm going to run yeah. out of battery. Yeah. Easy, man. Um, do you want to plug anything or where, where can you where can people see you? Um, I was supposed to be on a gorilla next Wednesday. Fuck, that's gone now. I guess it's gone uh, because of lockdown. But um, uh, rebook at Gorilla. Yeah, oh, there, well, there's a, I'll point. plug it. There's an open mic room in Hawthorne, Gorilla, at the Resistance Bar. It's a great little space. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna feature there too. To do my twenty. Good room, but um, yeah. The mic's shit, but it's a good room. A horrible mic, horrible. <laughs> but yeah, well, now we'll see. Now I guess we'll yeah. see. We'll see what the. Here we go again. Yeah. But when this airs, we'll be out of lockdown. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fuck, we'll see. Anyway, Druv, thanks right. a lot, bro. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. And hey, listen, Yo. best of luck with with the. Uh, you you have a strong interviewer, man. You have a really good natural interviewing skills. <laughs> Thank you. I'm interested. And uh, yeah, you are. That's the key, really. Maybe I should have called my show. Everyone's interesting because mm. I really genuinely believe everyone is fucking interesting. Everything's interesting. And everything's interesting. Everything is interesting. Everything. Everything beautiful. is interesting. It's majestically horrifically interesting. It's, if you don't think it is, it's we're all made up of. 15 particles, everything you see. It's fucking weird, man. 15 little particles, and they were born 14 billion years ago in a fucking explosion, and they formed atoms, and then we're here, and it's bizarre. It's fucking strange as fuck. It's beautiful, though. I love it. Very beautiful. Love it, man. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy.